Hey everybody, Jeff Feed here with the Kung Fu Driving Podcast, and I am excited to welcome uh, a special guest here today, uh, an award-winning production designer, art director, artist. Uh, you know his work from the Mitchells versus the Machines, Planes, uh, and most recently, the epic Netflix anime, Blue Eye Samurai, Toby Wilson. Toby, thank you so much for joining the Kung Fu Driving Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Jeff. I really appreciate you having me on. It's great to have you. I'm so looking forward to... Uh, picking your brain about uh, all things Blue Eye Samurai. Um, talk to me a little bit about uh, uh, who you are. How did you get involved with Blue Eye Samurai to begin with? So uh, a, a little bit of background. Um, you know, I started my career in video games um, <laughs> a long time ago. And, you know, doing concept art, storyboards. Uh, I always wanted to work in animation. Thankfully, you know, the stars aligned. I was able to get a, a gig working with Disney, which was a dream come true, uh, which is where I made some friends, you know, working on these shows. It's like, you, you know, you're, you're going to war making these things and, and you're in the trenches and you make friends and you realize, oh man, this person was great and we got this done together. So uh, after Mitchell's, I was at Sony working as a um, 3D Viz Dev supervisor for the studio and I got a call from one of those friends. Um, and his name is Farrell Barron and awesome guy. He was a executive over at the Netflix action uh, series. And he says, Matobes, because uh, that's how he talks. And he calls, <laughs> calls everybody Bubba, which is, which is nice. But he says, Matobes, I, 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 I need your help. I have a project that I think you would really be interested in, but it's in trouble and uh need need your help on this one so just for context you know i jumped in the the show had been going on they've been working on it for like a year and a half and um you know it, it's a great show and and he was saying look they're looking to get some new art leadership on on the project and we need to get it back on track back on the rails and to get this thing done and so he said just wanted to check your interest and I was like, okay, well, you know, what is it? And he explained what it was. And he said, let me send you the scripts. <laughs> so he sent me the scripts and, you know, I read the, the, the first three that, that night because I started reading the first script and the pages just turned like the, the story's so freaking good. Um, you know, uh, and I, I couldn't put it down. So I was reading the, the first three, three shows and then, you know, the next day I read some more and it, it, I was kind of sold. I was reading this story. I was like, man, I got I to gotta be a part of this. It's amazing. So, you know, um, and then he told me who's on it. You know, and I, I worked with Jane before at Disney, um, not on the same project, but kind of we were, you know, uh, tangentially, I guess, uh, on separate projects. And I've worked with Earl before over at Sony and um, our, our previous lead. And, and yeah, the scripts that Michael and Amber wrote were just amazing. So it was like, okay, let's, let's do this. <laughs> now you, you said that the script grabbed you right away. Uh, 
and I, I talked to Jane uh, about this on the show, um, there were so many elements that that go into Blue Eye Samurai at any point in reading the script where you're like, there's no way they're going to make this work. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's the... That was a big part of what they needed my help with, right? <laughs> they were like, how do we do this? Because they were they were tracking behind and they didn't have all of the first two episodes done yet and from from a design standpoint and they you know they they needed to, to wrap them up. They need and they were like, How do we make six more of these things? And then then we have to get all through asset build because asset build hadn't started, the layout had hadn't started because you can't start that without assets. So yeah, I mean, you read these scripts, and you know you're traveling across uh, across Japan, and so that was where we had a big heart to heart with all the leads and the showrunners, and we just kind of we all took a long look, and we t- we took like a four day retreat or a week long retreat, read the scripts, and figured out okay, how do we get this done? Do we need to have this be a new set, or can we use this other set and just stage it there? You know, but the whole point was is you don't want to trim off the flesh that makes the story what it is. So sure. you want to keep the heart of it and and make it as good as possible. And so we all kind of partnered and collaborated on on that to figure out, okay, what does the story absolutely need? And let's make sure we get that in. And then also just looking at how our vendor worked, right? So it's a two and a half D production. So just making sure like, well, what can we get away with? That's just a painting, you know, like, let's just paint that versus oh, look at this. We need to build it out and flesh it out a hundred percent, you know, and you find ways, okay, <laughs> we have to fill the entire city of Edo with people. All right. <laughs> you know, your work, that's where you just work with uh, Brian Kessinger, our character lead and, and Jane, and they did a fantastic job working on the characters. And we just talked about, okay, well, you could do it this way and, and come up with a menu to choose from it. it uh, we can drill into any of that if you want to, but that's the first thing when you read the script, you're like, wow, that's amazing. And the next thing is in your brain, how the hell are we going to do this? <laughs> well, talk to me a little bit about uh, your role then as production designer. You said you came on um, uh, to to kind of help out and, and, and guide it through. Um, what then did you actually have to do with uh, all of the various parts and people that uh, you all of a sudden had to kind of corral? Right. So, okay, a production designer, just the, the real quick high level, the way I best describe it when somebody asks, well, what does an art, or a production designer do? Production designer, art director, the, the, the names are in, interchangeable, but depending on where you go, you know, the production designer oversees, on our particular production, I oversaw everything visual, but the name art director, so anything art and visual related, the production designer directs it. And of course, it has to be in alignment and follow the vision of the supervising director, Jane, and our showrunners, creators, Michael and Amber. So it's my job to service the story and their intent and to make sure all the visuals, everything you see, supports the story, looks as great as possible, and we get it all done. Um, so that's, that's in a nutshell what a production designer does. I had the pleasure of having two art directors working with me. Um, Emil Mitev and James Wood Wilson and just because of the sheer scope of this thing it was huge so the way we worked out is they would leapfrog right from from uh, um, evens and odds okay it's like okay James you're taking odds and Emil you're taking evens or something like that and um, and so I, I would work with 
with on every uh, episode, but I would have, they were my colonels, right? So if I'm considered Jane's art general, they were my colonels that would like manage the day to day and, and everything so that I could come in and we could strategize and talk strategy with them. I would still be in dailies and everything, but then if we had to drill into a lot of nitty gritty, I would really lean into my art directors and appreciate all of their help because a production designer, you oversee the visual development and design. Um, thankfully, Brian Kessinger and Jane Wu, like they both were really driving the characters. So by the time I came on board, early on the look was going a little too much like arcane but they had already they had figured it out kind of like they wanted this tech on concrete look that she was going for and a more 2d look so i was like great design character design you guys got it i just need to work with you on the look dev of it and how do we get it how do those characters look in shot so then that gets into asset build so you get the design side of the pre-pro and then you get into asset build where you're modeling characters you're modeling props and you're surfacing it how's that going to look in the render how should it take light what color should it be how much texture versus how little texture um, background painting you oversee backgrounds um, then that involves a layout we had an awesome previous supervisor earl hibbert who managed like a lot of the camera cinematography uh, but then like the background paintings and where we put our contrast and our detail and the set dressing that was on, that falls under my responsibility and um, and okay let's see that was background painting uh, effects design and directing the effects team and lighting and compositing so setting up hey this is what the line should look like and this is the color it should be to support the mood and the tone yeah. of the story and then directing the lighting with the lighting and compositors uh, and training them to, to get that show style. Oh, and I mentioned look dev, the look dev department, like what, how do the characters take light? How does their skin react? What about that line? How does the reflection work in the show? Things like that. And then lastly, visual post-production. So, you know, when they say, we'll fix it in post, that stuff. <laughs> that sounds like a, a massive, massive team. What kind of numbers are we talking about when you when you uh, go all in on on everybody that that worked on this? Right. I, so I I don't have actual numbers. I'm uh, sorry. You're gonna. I'm gonna do mental math and <laughs> using my memory. Right. Um, so with those teams that I worked with, see, like Jane drove the story team. So I can't. I can't tell you with confidence yeah, yeah. how big the story team was, but so like I mentioned, I had two art directors, um, the character team that, that Brian was spearheading. Like, I think there was something like four to six of them. Uh, the VizDev team, the visual development, like the, the design team, when we were in our height, in the thick of it, we had like eight, 18 yeah. artists, plus we had a modeling team which we can get into later if you'd like yeah. the, the workflow. So we had, we modeled our set. So we had five on average, about five modelers. I think we had six at one point. Wow. Uh, Earl and his previous team, I want to say we're between like eight and 10, something like that. And th then now we get in. So that's all pre-production, right? That's here on the U S Netflix side of things. Well, then it's not just us. We had an international team. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks to the work from home. And then uh, on our <laughs> vendor side, right on our vendor side, the, uh, 
Blue Spirit um, background teams. Uh, we had two teams that also would leapfrog from episode to episode. And I want to say they were like, each team was an average of 10, nine artists plus their lead. So 20. Um, layout team, I I can't remember how big layout team is. Wow. Yeah, I was at least maybe 15, maybe more. Wow. Wow. Animators, at least 20, uh, but definitely more. Oh, man. Effects team, uh, again, depending on where we were, like between 10, upwards of maybe 20, 25. And then like in comp, once we were in the thick of it in the last couple episodes, and we, yeah, we were like maybe including the rendering, like 30 plus, 30. <laughs> so, all, yeah, you know, all in all, it's, it's probably, that's, again, my math is bad, but maybe approaching like 200 people. Wow. Wow. And then, and then post, post, we had an awesome colorist, uh, Natasha, um, who was fantastic. And she, she was a great creative partner. With all of those people, um, and from what I understand, uh, when you guys started this, uh, you ran into you know COVID complications to to you know to throw on top of all of that. Um, at at what point were were you able to kind of breathe and take in what you guys created because it's such an amazing show. The reception has been incredible. Um, ha- have you been able to sit back and say, "Man, I, we did that." <laughs> um. Well, you, you, you kind of get that at various stages. And um, in the production designer role, it's a blessing and curse. It's a curse because you're one of those first on, last off, but also it's a blessing because you get to see every stage. And the cool thing is, is that, you know, when you spend all of this time and energy working on the design and all the pre-production and you all the best laid plans, right? You, you put lay out these plans and no plan survives first contact. So then it hits, it hits that, it hits the, the rubber hits the road and you start making the shots and then it comes back and you see the characters animating in the sets that you built and designed and you're like, oh, wow. And you're like, hey, we're doing it. We're doing it, Peter. You know? and, then, um, and, then, and then you get it back in lighting and you're like, okay, the plan's working. The color, you know, there's things we need to fix, but look at that. The effects are looking good and the color looking, is looking this way. You know, so I, I, I see it at every stage. So I didn't have that epiphany that like, say, um, like Brian Kessinger, our character design lead, like he, he finished on our production and we hadn't even finished the first two episodes in lighting yet. So when the show went live on Netflix, he got to just binge it and be just like, see it all for the first time. <laughs> uh, I get to see it like all, all the like, oh, here it is. And we got to, okay, here's, here's all the notes at this stage. And then we see it at the next stage, <laughs> okay, more notes. But I will say at every stage, it's rewarding, you know, because you put so much work and I got to throw it out. A shout out to those 200 artists on the, from the pre-pro side on Netflix you know, we had an awesome team on the Blue Spirit side. Again, awesome team. All, every single one of those 200 people wanted this thing to be as good as it possibly could be. And you can't make these things without an army. And those, yeah. they, were, they were art warriors, all of them. <laughs> Speaking of art warriors, uh, uh, 
Jane um, did install a program to uh, train all of you artists uh, in a little bit of martial arts. Were you involved in the, any of that at all? <laughs> um, unfortunately, I didn't get to be in her boot camp because uh, I was too busy doing other things. Um, like she managed, she managed the, like that side of things. Meanwhile, I, I would keep the, the, the visuals on track. I did catch it on the periphery and, you know, when we're working late or, you know, j jamming on the weekends, we, we would hop on calls and discuss that stuff and, you know, and bring and remind things like, and we would have these discussions like, Hey, when we get into animation, we need to watch it because they're carrying the swords wrong and, you know, they're drawing the sword incorrectly or like, oh, by, by the way, check this shot. That's not how you play a shamisen, <laughs> you know, and, and things like that. And like, oh, yeah, the, the temp score, that's a koto, but they need to be playing a shamisen or that's a shakuhachi. They, they, they can't hold it like like a fife. <laughs> that's not how you, you hold it. You, so, you know, there was a lot of a lot of things like that that we would have to just manage. And, and she and I would catch up on all of that. She, but cool. she and our she and our anim, anim supervisor, um, Mike Greenholt, uh, they drove that from a day to day. And man, that was a heavy lift. Yeah, for sure. For sure. How about you then? Uh, what uh, influences did you bring with you to uh, create the, the look and, and feel of the show? Uh, so you kind of touched on it working on, um, you know, past uh, past productions. You learn new techniques with everything you work on and working on, with Imageworks and the Sony Pictures team on Mitchell's. I'm pointing at my poster like you can see it, but um, uh, and this is, by the way, this, that's, that's Manchi right there. Nice. That's great. Yeah. Thanks to Mike Rianda for making those, but, uh, getting those made for us. But, um, anyway, it, you learn a lot and there's like a little, you get little techniques and, and you, you try to use them in new different ways based on how the production is needed. So there's a lot of like stylization that we were shooting for in this, you know, it, I mentioned like early on the characters were looking very arcane, like, or at first they were very, before I, before my time, they were looking very realistic, almost photo real. And then that shifted to look like arcane. And then Brian and Jane hit their stride when they hit that kind of like, Hey, 2d tech on concrete feel. That's where then I could engage on look dev and, because we had a line tool on Mitchell's and I could jump in and, and really help with like, okay, and here's how we're going to get the line finessed and how it, when it, and it moves and based on how close are the characters to camera and that proximity, like how should it work? How do reflections work? Things like the highlights on their hair to get that stylized look to the highlight that isn't just painted in and baked in so that it actually relaxed to light. So I brought past experiences for the actual look of the show. And then what I did when I, cause again, I came in like about a, uh, after the first year and a half, I just was a sponge, man. I came in and was like, look, I'm not going to tell you how to make this show. You guys have been making it. I need to just assess, tell me what your hopes and dreams are. And you, you brought me on to help you achieve those hopes and dreams. So, you know, Jane showed me, Hey, there's this artist that I've been really looking at, Hiroshi Yoshida, or properly pronounced Yoshida Hiroshi. Uh, last name first, and Yoshida-san yep. was um, 
he was a huge influence. Like, not going to lie, the dude has beautiful ukiyo-e art. Look him up. I highly recommend look him up because it's beautiful stuff. And he was trained in, like, the European oil painting, right? So he was born and raised in Japan, trained in Japan, but was trained also in oil paints in Japan. And then he traveled the world. And so if you look at his ukiyo-e prints, they're so different from ukiyo-e prints, traditional ukiyo-e prints of the, of the past because he has a more Eastern-Western hybrid. So mm -hmm. she was looking at that and I was like, and, and you know, and then I, I pointed out to her like, you know, this, these perspectives and the scale and the compositions, this is perfect. Our main character, she's East meets West. She's half European, half Japanese. This guy, his art, it's a Japanese woodblock print. Perfect, right? That's what we need. And it has the Japanese aesthetic, but he brings like a European kind of Western sensibility to it. So it's not just a typical ukiyo-e. And that kind of became the North Star for me. You know, and then anytime we could, it was, it was a, well, how do we make this look more like a woodblock print or how do we, how do we, you know, design with that Japanese aesthetic? Like you have to take into consideration the negative space. The absence of detail needs to be thought of. And why did you choose to leave detail out of that? Because that was another thing, like first on, when I first came on, there was a lot of detail and texture everywhere. And I wanted to pull back on that and mm, interesting. the principle of no tan. So that was another thing that I just kept saying over and over. And my poor art directors, James and Emil had to hear me say it like so much because they were in all the meetings and feedback <laughs> for artists. I'm like, okay, we got to use no tan here. So turn it to black and white, forget color. It's an aphrodisiac. Just look at the values. And we have to, yeah. we have to like, how do you arrange this so that the contrast is where we're supposed to be looking? And that it's very clear, like light over dark or dark over light. And you don't, you know, you need to make sure that you have that feeling of atmospheric fall off and depth. And so no tan, no tan, no tan, no tan, no tan. Um, <laughs> Yoshida-san, uh, Jane loved Fekon Concrete and that line work. And then we, obviously we wanted it to have a 2D look. And those, those kind of, that's the, oh, and an impressionistic style to the painting. That was the other thing that Jane oh, yeah. mentioned. You know, she wanted to see, like an impressionist painting, the hand of the artist in in the frames. And that was another big part of, you know, when the rubber hit the road and we're making these shots, it's like, okay, we have how, that's why I had to end up simplifying the backgrounds down and the textures because it was just too busy. And we needed to have that space to breathe and so that the backgrounds would um, be uh, like elegantly, work with these simplified 2d characters so and it was an awesome challenge it, oh, like yeah. that's the thing you read these scripts and you're like oh my god how are we going to make this but that's the fun challenge and you know that's so interesting uh because um i was blown away by uh even just the locations and the environments uh that uh you know filled this world that we were inhabiting all of a sudden um and and I was taken by the richness and the complexity and the detail. And now you're saying that you actually pull detail out of all, all that to allow um, the scene to breathe and the characters to to, to kind of live in that space. Um, 
Uh, the uh, interesting part of that uh, East meets, meets West with the, the block work, that's, was that uh, the, the level of research that you guys went into to kind of to, to make this world uh, be as, as real as possible? Uh, I mean, it went even deeper. That rabbit hole goes crazy deep, my friend. Uh, <laughs> like, I cut my teeth over, like, the Disney Pixar um, like mentality where it's you have to be believable and to make things believable. Mm. Like, you don't want to be real. You know, sure, like, sure. Because you're doing an animated show. Like, if you want it to be absolutely real, just shoot it live action. But you have to do your research and you have to look at well, what is it actually? So that way you can craft a fiction that is believable. And there's a ton of research. So ukiyo-e prints, you know, that was brought in. We did a ton of, we had uh, research consultants, um, some college professors, my fam- my family, um, like my, my brother-in-law uh, is a huge uh, history, like Japanese history. Buff. Oh, cool. Um, Actually, I've got some books. One sec. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got some books right here that, like, he sent me. Yeah. So, you know, just like, because because it was COVID, right? We couldn't go to Japan. So normally, I would I would want to go and be like, okay, well, let's let's go and shoot the the hell out of all these castles and these locations. (laughs) And you know, I'm I'm looking online. And, and so he was like, oh, well, I can help you out, you know, and, and like, yeah, here we go, like, this, this was awesome. This is Edo, Edo Castle, re- artist recreation. Oh, that's amazing. Yes, right? And so it's, it, it's, it, w- it was so helpful to have these consultants to help us out and, and do that research. And, um, so that way, all those details, I, I should say with the grain of salt, we didn't pull, like, we didn't rem- have we, an absence of details. We had all the detail in there. We had all of the research. We had all of the cultural stuff in there. It's just, you don't want to have everything everywhere on every shot. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, you yeah know, absolutely. Like, you, you, in this shot, you ask yourself, well, what's this shot about? What's the point of this shot? So let's make sure we have those details in that shot where we're supposed to be looking and then yep. this over here not as important let's let's let the eye rest there you know and yeah. or like let's not have that so busy because you know a character is going to be right there so like let's not have a whole bunch of busyness behind them so that they can be framed with a nice sky and clouds or something like that very but, cool yeah a lot of research man no, I I, uh, I I totally understand. Um, I have an art background as well, so I, I get it. Um, and uh, that map uh, gives me um, those uh, like cross sections of Millennium Falcon vibes. So you know that's the kind of thing I got dive into, right? <laughs> I love that stuff. Have you seen the like Miyazaki sketchbook? Oh yeah. Oh man, so good, so good. Yes. Okay, we could freak out about that stuff. It's over there on my. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. Um, yeah, oh man, I love all that stuff. Uh, but uh, the one of the scenes that um, I was so taken with uh, for Blue Eyes Hammer was the Bunraku, the puppet theater. That whole sequence was just amazing. What went into developing that whole sequence? Were, were you involved with that uh, and uh, and just making sure that those that was done right? Because that was it was so uh, 
fun to watch that whole scene and have it uh, you know uh, jump back and forth between the characters and the puppetry and and I I was looking at the 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 whole art of the Bunraku the puppetry to see if if that was being done right because I had never seen it before so I went up and looked it up online and to see how it was done there I was like oh my god they did such such a great job with that I love it that you if you watched it and if you then were in in like. Yeah, uh, I, I went to research. Yeah, to look it up. Yeah, because that's exactly it. I've been I've been seeing the feedback from folks online as they watch this the, the show, and they're like, I had no idea about this Baraku thing. So, so good. It's so rewarding when you do that, and people are introduced to something that they never would have seen before. It's it's awesome. Um, yes, was involved in it, um, and but again, not just me. It was a team. So sure. Jane. That was another thing from the outset. Like she's probably told you, like that was again a look for the characters trying to get that stylization and simplicity of the Buraku puppets into the characters as well. So that also that made its way into every single character, even the ones that weren't a puppet. An aspect of that stylization and, and look was in every character. But she and Brian did, and we had a, a costume designer, Suderet Ballard, who, you know, they all did a ton of research. So all of those puppets and the way that they move, you know, uh, if you ask Jane and I, we still have notes. There's things that we would give feedback on and would like to finesse and fix, but hey, it's okay. Hopefully you didn't notice it. But, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then the sets, right? The theater itself and how the stage is laid out. So um, the art, my art director on that episode was Emile Mitev. And Emile, he has a background in stage play production design. So, handy, very handy. Yeah, so before he came to the U.S., he was a pretty prolific uh, stage play production designer. And so it just... I didn't know that until after we, after he was assigned the, the episode. But then when we got to talking about it, I was like, well, then this is perfect. And so he and I discussed early on kind of, again, you know, keeping that simplicity, not trying to be overly busy. We didn't want to have these elaborate backdrop paintings and things like that because it's Japanese puppet theater. They don't do that. It's not super detailed. And so he came at it with this very simple approach you know, and so we utilized the gradients and he had very simplified, he had an idea for, okay, well, what if it's just really simple shapes, simple backdrops? And I was like, dude, you sold me on, on simple. When you said simple, like that's <laughs> perfect because it's it needs to be about the puppets and we need to watch them and, and like get involved in their story and not be looking at all the backgrounds, right? especially because we're intercutting, you know, it's not like we're sitting here and watching the puppet show. We're watching Mizu kill 40 clawmen. And then we're going back in time with her husband. And then we come to back to the puppets and then we go back to the past. And then we come back to the puppets. And so having it simple like that was perfect. Um, and then it was great because we could have this gradual transition over the course of the episode in lighting and color so that, if you watch it, she arrives in the spring, right, at, at Mikio's estate in the past, and then we work our way towards fall. So there's a change in the season as their relationship grows, 
so does the season, so do the seasons and it matures. And then if you watch the puppet show, we start very neutral for the prologue and then we get into those deep blues and then we introduce more saturation when the puppets make eye contact and fall in love and the puppeteers drop away. And now it's just the puppets. There's no puppeteers because that's the idea is like, Oh, you're, you've been engrossed in the storytelling. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so I was pitching that and Emil was like, heck yeah. And he, he did some awesome looking color schemes and, uh, Vanita did the paintings for it. And then we progressed towards those, those, reds right when the onrio comes out and she lays waste to everything and everything's on fire yeah. the phoenix was a visual motif in that you know the because the lord the the ronin's lord was a phoenix and a little easter egg if you watch an episode mm. eight the the kimono that fowler topples over that it's got a phoenix on it <laughs> so anyway that's awesome that's awesome um you you Touched on it very briefly there, but uh, we're recording this uh, after uh, it's uh, been announced that there's a season two coming. Um, now that you've seen uh, all of season one and uh, you saw things that uh, maybe you didn't uh, want to get released in the, in the final cut, um, are you that critical as you watch it now? Are you looking for those mistakes and uh, with an eye towards uh, fixing it or making it better for, for season two? Well, I'm not just speaking for myself. I can speak pretty much for every artist that works on these things. Mm. You just, you can't help it. Right. Sure. Yeah. Like we all work on it and, and we can all see, Oh, there's the, there's that shot. And I wanted it to have this, you know? So it's often, it's hard to go back and watch, you know, what you worked on because all you can see are like, <laughs> I wish they had just let me do this or that. Um, I will say, I am very proud of what we did. I think our team pushed as far as they possibly could with the time we were given. And I think every single person that worked on it should be very proud of it. And I, I, yeah. I am too included. It, very proud of what we did. But all those things that, oh yeah, I could have, would have, should have, 100%, you, you always take from every production and you learn and you bring those learnings to whatever it is you do next. So sure. yeah. yeah, 100% I plan to take all of the learning from from Blue Eye Samurai and take it wherever I go on anything. Well, you guys should be very proud of what you came up with. Um that being said, are there sequences is there a particular uh shot that you are uh so ex exceedingly proud of, of having uh worked on it you know when you when you see it you're like man that came out exactly how i envisioned it and then uh, conversely is there uh, is there a, a particular scene where you're like yeah, you know what if i could do that all over again i'm just going to axe that completely <laughs> <laughs> so um well there, there's a lot of a lot of stuff that actually came out you know good um oh, like so much so good <laughs> Uh, well, at the time when we were working on the, when we were planning, we were like, well, we hope this works. So I was <laughs> presently surprised. I was like, oh, all right, nice. They did it. Cool. It worked. Uh, even Blue Spirit. Um, so I will say that, uh, so one of those is in episode seven and eight, we go to, we travel to Edo and, you know, there are shots where you can see the entire city and the entire uh, Tokyo yeah. Edo Bay basin. Right. And, those were like our our vendor our partner studio was like gulp uh we can't do that and we were like, 
<laughs> Calm down. It's okay. And so we have a plan. And so we planned it out and, and we built it all out and they did it. And they came out of the other side of it going like, we did it. Nice. And it wasn't as painful as we thought. It was still, it was still a lot of work. Don't get me wrong. Sure, sure, it wasn't sure. easy, but they were like, hey, yeah, we did it and we like it. So those big Edo shots and palace shots and big fire shots, those were some um, Mount Sumaro. I was really happy with the reveal and how that tonally came out. Um, uh, a shout out to our background teams, you know, because they, they, they would do, they would break down the layers so that our compositing team could, could, you know, play with that stuff. And one such scene was at the end of episode five, you know, when Mizu's walking and the storm's coming in and then the lightning flashes and there's the Onryo mm -hmm. uh, in, in the lightning lit clouds. Um, that was one where like I was painting this and like, I know how to do it, but I just, I hope they can get this in their pipeline because it, it's a pipeline specific thing. You can totally do it. And our background team, Maxime, his, it was uh, the, the lead on that. And he was, he, he made sure it happened. He was like, don't worry, I'll get it. And he, he did it. So you awesome. know, th there was a lot of that where we, we would do the designs, do the planning, we cross our fingers and like, I hope they can do this, you know? And then there's a lot of partnering where like, okay, well, if you can't do it that way, what if we try it this way? So, <laughs> I'm going to throw this on the screen. I'll see if you can see this. Uh, yes. just some, there you go. Beautiful shot. And then here's another image. A little bit more visceral, this one. <laughs> that was fun. The, the, blood, <laughs> the blood was fun. Uh, our effects, our 2D effects lead, Toma, man, that, that guy's a, a master with blood. <laughs> well, speaking of that, for my show, uh, for fans of my show, uh, we get into the action aspects. We love the martial arts and, and uh, all of that. And uh, when it came to the action sequences, the weapons, the blood, the movement, um, getting the uh, the the styles right, getting the uh, the steps right, and all that stuff. Uh, how closely did the, you and your team have to work with uh, the episode directors to get all of that? Um, to look as good as it did, to look as impactful and as powerful and as visceral as it did, and just to make it right. Because, I mean, it was so well done. Uh, I, we were, we, I'm speaking we collectively, but uh, we, the fans, were so sucked into it all. Uh, talk to me a little bit about that. Nice. Uh, well, um, thank you for that. That's, uh, it's always so nice to hear, you know, that, okay, we did it. And actually, that's really important to us when, when, you know, it's, it's your thing, right? It's your, it's your community and that community who knows and is knowledgeable about that stuff. When you can look at it and you can tell us like, ah, hey, you did your homework. This doesn't suck. Yeah, and yeah, then we're like, yeah. oh, good. Thank you. That's, you know, that's what we always strive to do. Um, when it comes down to my involvement, uh, so Jane, of course, was really spearheading and driving the action. Um, and she worked very closely with Sunny, her stunt, uh, you know, yep. uh, choreographer. Yep. Those two were the masterminds behind the storytelling, the choreography. What is the fight going to be? And then the rest of us, we were all in support of that, right? So they, would, they, they laid down that, that groundwork for us. And then what we needed to do is to make sure where they were, the set that they're on, you know, when, she, when Mizu jumps up onto that branch and Mikio slicing at her, her, 
uh, feet, you know, and, and she's dodging it and pirouetting and then she slides down on and hangs from her, her legs, you know. We needed to make sure that our set was going to accommodate that and that we frame it right and that the lighting works and that the tone works, the colors working. That's where I came in was to make sure like the set framed it perfectly and accommodated it so that there's enough space for the action to happen. And when do they hit their marks so that they can go from here to here so that then this new action can happen. They can be right next to this rock to have that happen. And then the lighting just to make sure that, you know, I, that was actually the thing that I'm most passionate about on, on the show is the lighting and color and making sure how is that conveying the tone, what they're feeling through this and how is this scene lit, you know, because there's a story being told with how the fight is choreographed and what they're doing. And then the lighting needs to, um, you know, uh, complement that. So like the dojo fight, you, you know, um, in episode one, the idea and my pitch to the lighting and compositing team and then to our to our uh, colorist in post was that we got to look at Raging Bull for this. So oh, this nice. is like, it's like a fight. I don't want to see the background. Who cares about the background? I care about who's in the arena, who's in the ring, these guys fighting, you know, so let's let that background drop out. So we focus on the fight and we're not paying attention to, oh, look at that painting on the wall and look at those lanterns and look at the shoji back there. It's like, who cares? It's all about the fight. And same, same thing like in the chopsticks fight in episode three around the campfire so that yeah, we, yeah. We, we really have that strong campfire and then the trees and everything just drops to blackness. So that's so cool now uh when you're dealing with uh lighting and shading and and all that uh back in the old days you know that was all done with with paper and pencil and paint and you know now you're talking about um terabytes of processing power what what were you what what, what kind of drain were you uh were you causing on the electrical grid <laughs> Excellent question, um, because surprisingly, a lot less than you think. Uh, oh, interesting. Yeah, our show is a two and a half D show. So our characters and props are 3D, right? And so, but we stylistically and a lot of work and looked at was put into making sure that they looked 2D. So they didn't look 3D, they looked more 2D. And all of our backgrounds, and this is where I give kudos to our background painting teams at our partner studio at Blue Spirit. Those guys, the backgrounds, the light is painted in, right? Those oh, wow. backgrounds, they're, they're, they are painted. When you say it's like old school, you know, paper, pen, and, and brush. Yeah, man. Cool. It's, it's nothing new. Like, it's, it, like there are some new techniques, but it's all painted. And we, we used 3D geometry. We built all our sets and modeled them, but then they used those in in our vendors layout stage to output the plates for the background team to paint. That's kind of a quick, like Cliff's notes explanation, but they would take the 3d to make the plates. They would paint those. And then in comp, they would then, um, drop them in. That's awesome. So, uh, for season two, then, uh, what is the goal with, uh, making things bigger and bolder and, and, and better or or is it do you want to do more of the same i, I mean i doubt you don't want to do more of the same right i mean uh 
So I'm I'm still figuring out like what what I what I what I will be doing. But uh, Netflix gotcha, gotcha. has asked me to come back. I I, I would like to. It sounds like a fun romp. Um, the goal would be to yes, we want to make it better. Um, we know what Blue Blue Eye Samurai looks like. You know, we know what Mizu's look looks like. We're not going to change her, sure. her the way she is. You know, she's not going to all of a sudden you know, turn green like Gamora, you know? So, but, uh, the big challenge is, is we're going to London. So now it's like, well, what does London look like? Yeah. Yeah. In the blue eye samurai look like, what, how are we going to do that? Um, and, uh, and I'm sure I, I don't know specifics, but I'm sure that, you know, the, the story is going to be well, how we how do we elevate it we got we have to elevate this from i'm hoping from a storytelling from a drama from a character standpoint as well as action so and, and scale an epic scale you know yeah. like how, yeah. now that we've done we've done that how how can we make make it even better <laughs> all right then uh, talk to me then about what's next for toby wilson uh Personally, what what do you have going on that you can talk about? Uh, what do you have going on that you maybe can't talk about, but maybe drop some hints about? <laughs> uh, well, um, okay. Uh, I needed a, a, a big recharge after finishing this beast. So um, <laughs> I'm kind of enjoying the rest of the year with, you know, with uh, uh, getting a recharge, but I'm doing some some consulting and freelance work for a couple different studios on a couple different projects, which are very cool. But unfortunately I can't say what they are Uh, (laughs) because they're too early in their NDA, but they're both, they're both cool and they're both trying to push what they're doing further than, uh, you you know, than uh, just, what they would be on at face value. Like if you pitched it, you'd think, Oh yeah. Okay. But they're like, no, no, we got it. We got it one up. So, cool. and, and then, um, you know, then there's the prospect of the season two, which hopefully it all works out. And, um, we'll see. I don't know. I mean, but in the meantime, you know, just plan to keep making more visual stories. Well, if you had, uh, you know, uh, an unlimited budget, uh, and, uh, an unlimited, uh, creative control what's a dream project that you would bring to life oh man i don't know if you can tell but just over this shoulder i have a whole bunch of dungeons and dragons books <laughs> so uh wizards hasbro <laughs> um if you oh a, interesting if you want to make a dnd movie um you call me wait 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 what did you think about the dnd movie that uh, that just came out oh the live action chris pine yeah, yeah. Oh, loved it. Dude. It was good. It was fun. It was fun. That was fun, right? I mean, <laughs> and you could tell that they were having fun making it. The people who actually played the game mm. made that thing. And I, I, I thought it was great. I thought it was a lot of fun. I, I hope they make more, but they need to make an animated one because that would just yeah. be cool. Did you watch the uh, original animated series? Uh, I, I think you're too young. You might be too young for it, but uh, yeah, I did. Oh, I, I appreciate it. Jeff. I love you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm older than you think, but um, yeah, I, I, of course I watched that. I, I, I love that. The, the, oh yeah, and I, I loved the little bit that the. the 
the most recent D and D movie did, where this dungeon master came out and said, "Because I, because we're having fun, and you're a dick." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a nice little homage there to the yeah. cartoon, and that, that cartoon was um, formative for me as a kid. So I, I loved it. <laughs> oh man, I'm sure we could talk more. Like it, Voltron, that would also be an awesome project to work on. Uh, we we got we have to talk about all kinds of stuff because you're 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 in my wheelhouse here. But <laughs> uh, what, how, what are your feelings on Thundercats? I love Thundercats. Okay, yeah, yeah man. <laughs> There was so much talk about doing Thundercats, uh, uh, redoing Thundercats. I, I wasn't crazy about the the most recent redo of it, the 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 younger version of it. But you know, Thundercats Roar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that wasn't for me, so that, and yeah, that's totally fine. You know, I, I, that definitely has an audience. You know, and you know, for what it is, it was like, okay, cool, yeah, right on. Um, uh, and if you ever want to try uh, uh, a uh, uh, an Akira. Uh, redo oh man (laughs) now you're now you're just teasing me that would be amazing i would love to do an akira even if it's uh, not directly akira but it's yeah esque build on the world yeah for sure yeah that would be fun oh man yeah (laughs) oh my god all right so we're we're gonna have to talk again and 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 do more animation stuff because uh i think i think we would uh blow through a few hours but uh talk to tell uh tell the audience where they can go to follow you and and follow uh more of the projects that you're working on uh sure so i'm not super online but you can find me on linkedin uh it's hopefully pretty easy just toby wilson on linkedin um i also have an instagram which i just started because of blue eye samurai so it's pretty light <laughs> right now just some fan art that i've done for blue eye samurai hopefully we'll post more um of some of the behind the scenes stuff, but I just want to let the, I want to let the crew and the team post their work. Cause like, it's their time to shine. They did so much work. Um, but, but yeah, hopefully I'll have some time to do some sketching and some different missives to put on there. And, uh, that's Toby Wilson art on Instagram. Awesome. So everybody follow him and, uh, you might as well do silver Hawks too, right? <laughs> yeah and you gotta have the, the, the we gotta do the cowboy who flies the ship with a freaking keytar man come on absolutely oh man and uh what gotcha man and uh and uh all of that stuff oh my god Whoa, so much okay. stuff so much stuff Uruturo man is coming out so that's cool that's cool that's cool um, yeah I'm, i have high hopes for that <laughs> i know folks that worked on that so I, I, i'm looking forward to it Awesome. Oh, That's awesome. Godzilla minus one. Did you like it? I have not seen it. I have not seen you it. You gotta Every, see it. Everybody says it's amazing, so I'm gonna get that on my uh, list sooner rather than later. Yes, you you have to. It's really good. <laughs> really good. I hear they're gonna make a black and white version. Oh really? Like we did for episode 106, <laughs> which is on YouTube. Cool. All right. So there you go. So check that out on YouTube. Um, and follow Toby. Uh, Toby, this was an amazing conversation. Um so much fun having you on board thank you for uh for taking us into the world of blue eye samurai and uh like i said we gotta talk some more about some more animation stuff so (laughs) but uh all right uh follow toby and uh guys thank you so much for tuning in toby hang on Uh, i'm gonna stop the live stream but thank you so much again best of luck uh hopefully you're back for season two uh and and if you do uh we'll we'll talk again but uh otherwise uh we're gonna have to get together for some other conversations but thank you so much for for hopping on thank you sir thanks everybody for watching Poison plan rocks the world.
Bottles in the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's warm We smash the place up with our dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's warm, we smash the place up with a dragon claw. I see the iron fisted monk upon the daily prayers Shouting monks on the hands, running down the thousand stairs The fate of Lee Khan, now's in King Yu's hands With the fearless idea roaming over the lands Yeah, the little bit soldier is older than wiser He wants a world of peace because he doesn't want to fight Yo, got the venom mob laying down the law Bruce Lee delivered kicks, guaranteed to great jars Fight for the cars, then pause, hear the applause Not again, back kicks will defeat the outlaws Very good, but more don't hit back Yeah, the death jewel's here David D is coming back The Tai Chi master Jelly's even faster Could chat a little drink Because he is the drunken master Once upon a time in China Rosamund Kwan is real fine But see Maggie show his spine Golden Swallow has arrived Shang Chi movies Will the hero we survive We've got the brave archer Make his way to the top Of the mountain Gonna fight May as well pick the spot Yeah, the sky goes black Cause the vampire's back We've got Lam Ching Ying To kill them all So stand back He plays the black magic On the soul of the sword and our sword will travel until his body's on floors Yeah, Wing Chun Shaolin and Mantis style Yeah, defeat the enemy and watch him run for miles Blood will spill now on the mountain tops When we bring back the soul of the legendary Pops Walk into the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's warm We smash the place up with our dragon claws We walk into the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's war, we smash the place up with a dragon claw. See it's a game of death yo, you're facing the big boss It's once upon a time in China counting the TikTok The Shogun assassin slash and blood just drip drop The head kick, neck drop, balance but won't stop Wanna kill Bill, better get the assassins He's got her just in yellow but she is in the dragon but in the tea rooms That's where it'll happen, she got the bodies on the floor When the blood it'll splatter against the walls Don't fear at all, to kill them all There's always blood spilled when you head into a war Fearless Unleashed The fist of legend that the car jet leaked I'm Bolo Young, yo, I'll always be a beast You rumble in the Bronx, yo, I'm rumble in the streets And it's simple, see the facts are these It's only ever gonna be one Bruce Lee Walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's warm We smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting